You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome to Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. My uh, co-host today, the uh, voiceover girl, was <laughs> laughing it. at her at, at the host of the show. Stop it. Anna T. Gray's back with me. We've got, uh, today's kind of like a, a, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We have a lot of stuff going on in our life, don't we? A lot we? of stuff going <laughs> on in our life. That's why we're so tired. I kind of want to bring everybody up to speed, but with everything we do in this podcast, um, you know, I'm sure they're not that interested in our life, but we try to find a life lesson in there somewhere that we can pass on to somebody else. So Help that, somebody so else So all of our out. pain and anguish <laughs> and isn't in vain, right? Exactly. Uh, our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by blessedbodywear.com. Uh, Blackbean.coffee. Well, bless bodywear. We just. Oh, we just launched some. Oh, we're back in business. Back in business. Back <laughs> Hold in business. On. Yeah, that's pretty uh, yeah. major. We are. We are. There's a. Uh, now, the major change there, and we'll get into that. But, anyways, uh, we're back in business. Yep. We've got a bunch of new pants online. Yeah. Uh, Blessedbodywear.com. And more coming. And a whole bunch more coming. I'm going to LA tomorrow to pick up a cut and mm -hmm. a couple meetings. And we've got some killer shorts that are coming out in the next, probably in the next week or so. Exciting. We can have probably, at this point, probably 10 days, two weeks to 10 days. I'm not even saying how, how They're many days. They're so hot though. <laughs> they are. That's the scrunchy butt. Yeah. Knee length, scrunchy butt. New style. They're so hot. You've got a pair. That's why I can say that. I'm excited. I've seen them on you and they look absolutely amazing. And then of course, blackbean.coffee, blackbean.coffee. Go check it out. We've got a, a French roast. Uh, My favorite. Peruvian French roast. That's the one you like the My most. Favorite. My favorite is the Costa Rican sunrise. That's a medium roast from Costa Rica. It's yeah. very flavorful, fruity notes, stuff like that. The other one is more your palate. It's got more chocolatey notes, which means a little bit more acidic, because it's a dark roast, and it's. I guess people that, would say uh, more bitter, but well, I don't call people, it bitter. No, it's not really bitter. Bitter is, but I think it's a good. I think it's the word everybody uses to describe. So I think everybody would understand what yeah, bitter means. Like stronger. But it's really not bitter. It's no. just it got that bite coffee taste, which yeah. is those what we call chocolatey but, but notes. But no right? aftertaste, no burn taste, no, no it's none like, of it's that. It's like when it's you like, have dark chocolate. Yeah. That's not super sweetened. It's yeah. got that that same kind of a taste. And that's why True. they call it chocolatey notes. Oh, Terry, look at the yeah. expert. Um, I should have just asked you. I fall so <laughs> short of being a coffee snob. I've, I've learned one thing, chocolatey notes and, and fruity notes. And that's, that's the Costa Rican is more, uh, there's a lot of flavor in, in that the acidity level is lower because it's a medium roast, the longer you leave it in, you know, and something else I didn't know about coffee, mm. but I'm certainly see it, see it in packing these, packing the coffee Yeah, is that the darker roast, the longer it roasts, the beans swell and get bigger. That's interesting. So, so the tricky part is, is the boxes that I bought to ship coffee in, right? The, the, the Costa Rican fits very, very well. The, the, the Peruvian yeah, French tighter. roast. I got to really, I got to make sure it's packed right just so that it fits in the box. That is funny. Yeah. I've never really thought about that. Yeah. It's really interesting. So, huh. So anyway, that's that. Oh, and uh, Model Body, M-O-D-L-B-O-D-Y. M-O-D-L-B-O-D-Y. You just launched your magazine. First issue. I learned how to lay it out. Like. <laughs> on a Saturday <laughs> and then started laying it out and it went live yesterday. We had a couple, we had about a week there. Where we had a glitch in the software that presents the magazine. Right. That we had an issue with. It it's, wasn't their end. It was our end, but I fixed it's it. Very beautiful. Very Thank you. beautiful. Thank you. That cover is stunning. I posted today on my Facebook and a, a few people mentioned it, but it really is. Wame Vu is the yeah. cover model. And it was, that was her idea. Really? It was her idea. And I thought, yeah. wow, brilliant with idea. With the flowers and the, and the so blue and the and colors. The colors and, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she obviously is gorgeous as well, but the whole layout of the it's picture. A free magazine is digital modelbody.com. You can see it there. Uh, go give it a look and tell me what you think. You exactly. Know, yeah. So. And the, the, silver bullet. Oh, and Silver Bullet Anti-Aging. Thank God, Susie, you're keeping us alive and energetic through our... Dude, I've been burning... We've both been burning the candle at both ends. Yes. There's no candle left. <laughs> There's no ends left. <laughs> 
thank goodness Elaine is back back from being away five weeks. And I finally, I was able to have a nap yesterday and I can't even describe what the difference. Well, we've been getting up at anywhere. Like you're getting up sometimes with Cole. Cole likes to get up early. And so he's up early, like four o'clock. Right. And and then I'm he has to get in with the program I'm up usually between five and six somewhere in there and uh and I've been diving into work and then working late in that seven days a week right and so uh getting you know blessed body wear overhauled and the 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 model body magazine getting that done and, and getting the coffee sorted out and so neither one of us we've been just passing ships in the night <laughs> not quite so bad but yeah well, i really honestly i gotta say this so i actually like i i, I took Comain out today we just some daddy son time yeah together and went to the harley dealership bought some oil for my bike and uh, did a couple other things went to target and got him a uh, some swimsuit that you bought and but uh i i actually really missed you and, and i know we're here together all day we're doing all this stuff but i actually miss you and i think what it is is it's just we fall into bed at night and we're good at going to bed together i'll say that that's that's one of the things that i wanted to make sure that no matter how busy i got that you and i get to go to bed together but we do but we fall into bed and it's <laughs> yes like you know we spend five minutes trying to find something to watch on the tv and about two minutes into it we're asleep right exactly. it takes longer to find it than to watch it but but uh, that's kind of what our life has been for the last probably month or so for the month or so yeah uh, other than here and there we had a we found a little energy but i i agree with you i think it was a, a week ago we went to the gym together yeah and it was just like whoa <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome you know and i mean every parent's gonna relate like you love your kids but you actually it's nice to miss them yeah you know when you come well, back and, and, and there's no daycare at the gym yet no, we can go no if, we have, a, if we have a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and we can't like, are we going to go out and we, we can't go out to like a coffee shop and hang out with our four kids. And, right. You know, so, so they're little. Really, yeah. We're just yeah. basically keeping them entertained and educated and right. life lessons and everything else. And splash pads, splash pads and 102 in Vegas. Oh my gosh. It was warm in that. You know we're what, supposed though? to go up to 115, I think oh, this weekend. I I'm not so, it's going to be so hot today tuesdays and thursdays now since last well, week yesterday they have and katie were in the backyard yeah they got the garden hose going <laughs> and they're standing there squirting themselves in the face with the garden hose that's how hot it is yeah <laughs> that's and a meme <laughs> choking and gagging and i wanted to go up there and stop them and i thought you know what yeah they're, they're doing okay <laughs> no but uh Tuesdays and Thursdays now, they have therapy. It's 45-minute drive. But when I get there, all four of them have teachers working with and them. And you get two hours to yourself. Two hours. And it's funny because you went with me on Tuesday, and we ended up driving around. We went to Sprouts or whatever. You went to the camera store. Normally, I sit in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just stare at the wall. With my coffee. Yeah. And literally, like, I don't even want to drive anywhere. I just went the whole entire two hours, just quiet. You know, sometimes I need to do something for work or sometimes I'll call my sister and it's like, wow, <laughs> if I could, I would have a nap. But I think that's, I think that's being a mom because yeah, it's just constant. They're just little, it's you just know. constant. And, and if one's got a problem, the other one's going to manufacture a problem. So they get the equal amount of attention and it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. Right. But, so that's, um, but you know what? Um, we have really, really amazing kids. But I, I got to make this trip to LA tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to get up like I usually do four in the morning, leave it four. I'll try to be back by noon. Probably won't get back till two or three. It's usually a 12 hour trip, but I got to say, I enjoy the solitude because I'm, an introvert you're more of an extrovert yes so you and uh, i enjoy my time yeah but i miss the kids and right. that's a phenomenon like it's just like good just lord give me an hour just one hour right <laughs> yeah. but then you're dying to see them and they're so happy they're like the dogs you know like i literally take the garbage cans out to the curb come back in and you think i was gone for a year you know yeah. the dogs are jumping the kids are the same way <laughs> like they're just so happy to see you and you enjoy know? it now yes <laughs> i do not want to see the day <laughs> where they won't be talking to you right you know? but um yeah so anyway it's great i, I, I want to talk about change we had a show about change yeah 
we haven't really talked about the change that we, we haven't talked in depth about the change. We haven't been honest about the change that we've gone through. Uh, what are we talking about? COVID kicked our butt. <laughs> it kicked our butt. It kicked oh, our yeah. business's butt. Yeah. Uh, we moved out of our warehouse. We opened up a production facility two, two years, years ago, ago. Mm-hmm. and we've had to close it. Yep. Okay. Uh, and so we're making other provisions. The company is still fine, but in order so the company can continue being in business. Either we shut down the company or we shut down the production yeah, facility. Yeah. And so we've made a lot of major changes. Um, yep. uh, Elaine. Uh, has been, I call her my sister, you know. I call her my sister-in-law just because I just. <laughs> it's just so easy. It's so easy because people are like, what? She's Elaine's she's actually who? my ex-wife. I, I assume everybody knows that, but I guess right, people don't right. know. But Elaine is my ex-wife, but I call her my sister now because it's just easier. She right. actually is still a good lad. You're a T-Gray. Yeah. It's just, it's so much easier if you just, yeah, ask my sister, right? Exactly. But Elaine has been a minority partner in our business for a long time. What, what we have come to realize is that with four kids, it's just way, way, way too much. So Elaine is stepping up and getting more involved in the day-to-day with the business. So basically I'm directing her. Um, she had to babysit so much for me to get my work done. She, she might, might as, well as well just be doing the work. work. <laughs> <laughs> and truthfully, like Elaine, like she and I have had businesses before and we work very well together. Uh, and like I always say, you know, Elaine is a person, she's one of those people that executes. You and I are both creatives <laughs> yeah. and she is one that executes. I would send Elaine out with a list of 10 things to do and it would take should take two hours to do. She'll be back in a half an hour with 10 things done. Right. Send me out with the same list. I'll come back six hours later with 20 things to do. Yes. That's the problem. Right. Still that way. Yeah. Right. And, and so, you know, from a, from getting stuff done perspective, she and I get an astronomical amount of stuff done and she, she does make up at contests and stuff like that on the weekends. But uh, she really doesn't work during the week. Mm-hmm. And so this is good for her too. You know, she's she's having fun with it and it's going to work out financially great for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the point is, is we're going to get a whole lot more done and this will be better for blessed. And, well, so, and, and that's the truth, you and know. The, and the truth is, is blessed was taken right down like we were like okay do we keep the company do we not keep the company and we are still there we are about to recover <laughs> right right recovery is on the horizon yeah exactly we're not you know but, but it's just you, you've had that business for 10 years yeah actually it started Over my 10 years. my first business uh fitness wear line uh started in 2007 mm-hmm. so almost almost 13 years wow. and you know we changed name a couple of times. I started with my sister and then that closed down. I restarted with you and then it was a, it was Beleza Brazil and then it became Blessed Bodywear a few years ago. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it is my baby and I've had a lot of people, you know, ask me how I feel about uh, letting it go, like letting go control, mm-hmm. you know, because it's always been just me. Like you've always helped me with the, the I've been your consultant. Yeah, basically and, and photographer creative and stuff, creative yeah. stuff, but uh, it's always been just me. And it, it's one of those things that last year, all last year, it created so much frustration for me because I had, well, I had three kids at a time and I had my business and I felt like I was always pulling from either one or the other. You know, either I wasn't giving- Either the kids are suffering or the business suffers. Right, and you know, we, even before COVID, we already had decided not to put the kids in school or preschool or daycare because of their therapy and everything else. Um, And so, that is hard. You know, if I had daycare and I just could do a nine to five, it would have been no problem, Mm -hmm. but having them at home and then not giving them my attention, it's for them. They don't get the concept of work. So you're just ignoring them. The reality is, is you were doing customer service and and I've seen you often, you know, getting customer service calls and texts and emails at like five in the morning from East Coast people. Oh yeah. And you're still doing them at 11 at night, you know, 11, 12 at night. And so, and so it's also one of those things that a problem can come up with and you have to drop everything and go. And, and it's just not, it's not, there's parts of it like the designing part 
which obviously you will continue. Yeah. You're still doing the designing thing. Yeah. You're still very much involved. There isn't a meeting that takes place that you're not involved in. It's just the day to day. Okay. I'm going to go pick up this cut. Because Elaine's right. got something else Talk going on. Talk to the I'm sewer, go. manage the sewer, yeah. pay the employees. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I still do a lot of like buying the fabric and things like yeah, that. Yeah, all that stuff is still, so So the actual product is not changing. It's, right. You know, we're going to have a whole lot more stuff. It's but, all the admin stuff, customer service. Right. All that stuff actually gets better now. Right. And so. And, and to be honest, uh, many times last year, I felt like I dropped the ball on a, on a client, like a, a an order, like I made some mistakes because I wasn't. Well, that's the thing. Didn't have my full attention. You get scattered, right. you, you know. You get started doing something, and then right. a, a kid has a problem, or you got to, you know, they're sick. You got to take them to the doctor, or you've been up all night with a kid, and right, and, and your brain, child, and yeah. So, so anyway, this is just a much better thing. And again, COVID was a huge blessing. It almost buried the business yeah. uh, because we had an issue last year, the end of last year, an accounting issue <laughs> that was out of our control. <laughs> Probably should have been more in our control, but we, we just trusted and uh, we shouldn't have done that. And it put us in a really bad spot. Yeah. And then we thought, well, okay, January is our big month. We'll recover. And we had no January because right. and then that's when COVID, everything slowed down. Slowed down. And then, and then everything came to a halt. Mm -hmm. And so uh, really all our cash reserves, we had money invested in material, but material wasn't moving in and out of the country. The people that supply the material were not in running their business and the people that cut the material, right. they weren't. So everything is sitting there, but we can't get to it. Yeah. And we had nothing we could make over here. And so we were just like, wow, this is literally the happen. perfect storm. Right. Yeah. And so it, there was a point where we were down to our last $88 in the world. Yep. And that's when I took the security guard job. Yep. And, uh, and then God bless us with, I mean, we had Opportunity uh, opportunities and, and, and the kindness of people to just out of just contact and assist. I just feel like God's telling me I need to help you out. That a was, bit. that like, still wow. blows my mind. Yeah. And so that's basically whatever I could scrape together. I used it to start the coffee business because that's got nothing to do with pandemics and stuff like that. That's, and it has been a, a dream of yours. Yeah. For and like something I've been wanting to do years. forever. And, uh, yeah. And I, I, and so anyway, we, we were able to start that now. And then with blast, we're going to breathe that back into life again. And, and, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's what's going on, but, uh, and I'm about to start homeschooling and, and I kindergarten, <laughs> you're about to start kindergarten. I feel, I feel bad for people because there are so many businesses that are not going to open. Yes. And it's not just employees, but it's, again, when you own your own business and anybody owns their own business understands that this is not something you do because you make a bucket of money. Because right. most small businesses are not worth anything until the day you sell them. Mm -hmm. And so you work your tail off and that's your retirement fund. Right. And it was our retirement fund. Right. And it got wiped out. Right. We have no retirement fund. It's nope. it's done. It's gone. Yep. And so coffee is the next hope at that. But right now we're just paying our bills. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have no reserve. And just grateful that we still have a right. home and a, and and a car. And there's nobody and, and anybody that's losing a business or doesn't have a job or anything because right. of COVID understands that, that that is, that's the last decade of my life. Yep. My whole entire fifties, yep. you know, uh, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we're going to try to re, re get it back, you know, and create that. But we were basically starting from zero now mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it's humiliating, you know, cause you feel like deep down inside, well, maybe I should have done something different, but how do you predict a pandemic? Right. You know? and, and, you know, when I start going that direction, all I can think about is, I'm just, I, I, I focus on being grateful, mm -hmm. like literally grateful that we have food, that we have a roof over our heads, that we're all healthy, mm -hmm. you know, um, none of us and nobody close to us has gotten sick. Well, um, we've had a couple, <laughs> uh, uh, Greg. Yeah, we Greg was hospitalized. We we know a couple of people that got virus, but nobody but no, that, nobody in our physical proximity that right, would affect us. Yes. Right, and then 
you know, God open new doors. Mm-hmm. Um, I see almost daily, especially uh, maybe because that's my friends on Facebook, but small gyms, mm-hmm. they're just closing like left just and right. Just uh, one of our clients, one of our blessed clients there, they lost their gym. Right. Actually, they lost it ironically to a fire. Oh yeah, uh huh. Amy, yeah. yeah, her yeah. husband. So and, and so the, the thing of it is, is that there's just uh, I mean, there's two people that I know of that are friends of friends that have committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very very devastating time, and I know we're not you don't hear about that because it's you know right now it's all about politics and hate, right? So you don't hear about that, but there's a whole other side to this. Like we're here with a commitment to four little ones and literally had $88 left in the world. Right. And, and what are we going to do to feed these kids? When does this thing end? Right. You know, and, and our landlord was, well, okay, we'll cover you as long as we can, but that, that that can mean anything. That means like another month. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just like, okay, what are we going to do? Cause we don't have a mom and dad here to go to. We we're it. We are mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it was, uh, and on that note, we're about to become speaking of mom and dad, mom and dad, <laughs> one more I, time. I want to, I want to seal that up though. And it's just that, you know, it was only by the grace of God mm-hmm. and that we turned you know, it worked out okay for us. And that, and again, the hours of work, you know, I get accused of being a workaholic a lot and it's just like, okay, well tell me what thing I can let, slide for today yeah you know i have a big family to feed you Mm -hmm. know and i have i'm not gonna live forever you know i'm 61 you know um and so i have to provide for everybody right and so it's a requirement trust me i would love right now to be scuba diving or hiking or riding my bike or camping with you guys or doing anything but this is a choice this is a choice to have this family it's a choice to provide for them so no it's not workaholic it's just doing what's what's necessary and and uh, and for all those people out there that your whole life has been torn apart man email me we'd love to pray for you you know, there's, there's another side to this. It does end and you can recover. You know, uh, if you can focus, like I stopped being scared, gave, gave it all to God and said that that's your department. You take care of that. I'll do the work. And he opened doors and I'm doing the work and we're going to recover. And, and so I'd like to pray for anybody. Uh, you can email me at tgoodlad at me.com and we will pray for you. You know, if, if that gives you some consolation, um, but yeah, there is another side to this. And even if praying's not your thing, God's not your thing, I just want to say there is another, this does end and there is something else out there and there is another side to it. So just don't give up, please. You know, there's another side to it. And now, <laughs> speaking of family, we've got four little ones. Um, Cole, we're getting very, very close to... Well, we just did our fingerprints. Just and did our fingerprints. All the paperwork's done. All the paperwork's done. So we just done. have to wait. There's a six-month period you have to wait. We're just about halfway through that now. Yeah. Well, We've got about three and a half months left. Three and a half months left, yes. And then we can adopt him. But... We have another bouncing baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Crystal, now I think everybody that follows the podcast, follows us, knows about our foster son, Komain, who is no longer our foster son. Right. Uh, he is reunited with his mom. We gave him the nickname Jesse. So for those yeah. that don't know, no. Jesse and Komain, they're the same, the same, same person. His, his given name is Komain. We call him Jesse for reasons we're not going to... Safety reasons. Safety reasons, okay. Early on in the case for safety reasons. Right. Until <laughs> until he was no longer a foster child, and then now we can call him by yep. his real name, Quamain. Um, now, through this whole time of raising him and going through the the courts and the whole thing, um, you know what you do is when you're a foster parent, you have visitations often with family members, right? And uh, in this case, it was his mom. Because when a child is in foster care, uh, the uh, the idea is they are in foster care until the parent um, basically get back on their feet, whatever happened. Resolve whatever issues resolve, were there. Right. And then they reunite. They with reunite. The 
Um, and so throughout the whole case, you have visitations. So of course they stay in touch and stay and, close. And what we were taught and the, some foster parents do it, not many do it. Uh, usually the relationship with the biological parents is a little bit adversarial. Mm -hmm. uh, usually that comes a lot from the biological parents because they don't like the idea that somebody else is raising their child. Right. Uh, you know, they may not like the idea that, you know, a white person is raising my child. They don't get any say in any of that. Right. Uh, they may have a, they don't like how you dress the kid. They don't like, you know what you know. well it's all those feelings of not having any control over what it's your child it's your child it's your yeah. biological child and somebody else is doing it and they're not doing it the way you would and so all of these things can become potential flashpoints um i remember when we met crystal she had just gotten out of jail yeah and uh when she saw how happy her son was she was happy and what she had told me later on is she said i had prayed that my son would be watched over by, or looked after by a Christian family. And she says, I see how happy he is and how attached he is to you guys. And she says, I just feel so relieved. Right. And so it wasn't about her. Yes. It was about him. Which is really rare. Rare. Yes. <laughs> Extremely rare. Yeah. Uh, because that's probably one of the greatest, greatest tragedies of being a foster parent is seeing how little uh, biological parents, judges, workers, you know, people in the system don't care about kids. Uh, we've had that. Yeah. Uh, the majority of the people we've dealt with in the system have been the opposite. Right. That they go out of the way to make sure these kids are being looked after properly. And mm -hmm. if you ever get on the wrong side of them, they will fight you like a mother would, you yes. know, because they really care about those kids. And and so we've been very blessed to, we've only had one really, really bad experience. It was a bad, the mother of all bad experiences, I think in a lot of respects, <laughs> there were death threats. Somebody <laughs> tried to kill us once in a parking lot. Yeah. You know, that, that's really highly unusual. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what we went through with one of our, but anyway, long story short, uh, we developed this relationship with Crystal. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, I remember because you, your job was the visitations. You went to a couple of them and you were at the visitation one day and I just felt like God was telling me, listen, you know, just deep down inside, I had this feeling that I needed to take over these visits. So mm -hmm. I texted you and said, I think I need to take over these visits. How do you feel about that? And you said, yes, I feel the same way. And I yeah. said, okay. So I walked in there, our first visit together, Crystal and I walked up to her and now this is a African-American lady girl. She's like, you know, big, thick, solid, like she's an athlete, right? 200 pounds, you know, a hard case, just got out of jail, gangbanger, been a gangbanger her whole life. That, that's, that's Crystal. And I walked in, hi, Crystal. Oh my God, you're beautiful. I just wrapped my arms around and give her a great big hug. And of course we're in this place in, in child Haven where they do visitations. So you're, you're under a microscope, right? So that's a really bad place for her to act badly. <laughs> oh, you knew. So there's nothing she could do, right? She's just standing there. And we talked about it. We've laughed since about this crazy white guy coming up and grabbing her like that. But I was always good with her like that. Always fair. Always, uh, um, you know, had his best interests in mind. Always respectful. And we built this relationship. And then the relationship just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then there were a few times where nobody was there for her mm -hmm. and we were there for her and we were just always there for her and always respectful, always sorted things out, you know, and this relationship built over time. And then, um, you know, we got more involved, knew her family, stuff like that. Long story short. So for the, I would say for the past year and a half, she's probably been, two years. She's been calling us mom and dad. Yeah. Cause we became, uh, first, we became Kwame's godparents. Uh, she asked us, and that was the thing. That was right. early on. She right. asked us to be be his godparents in case right. something ever happened right. that we could raise this little boy. Right. And we agreed to that. And then um, through, and, and that's the thing, never underestimate the power of hardship mm -hmm. because it's been through every hardship she's been through that we had an opportunity to be there for her and do the right thing. Yep. Um, she's made some mistakes along the way and we forgave her for those mistakes. And But she's always uh, really respected what we have put into her life. And I'm putting words in her mouth and I am going to interview her later. But um, 
and so it came up at one point, you know, she's never had a dad. Her mom's been in prison most of her life. And now her and her mom get along great. You know, mm-hmm. they talk on the phone all the time. And uh, she's got siblings and she talks to them all the time and like that. But uh, when she would come here, she became like another child. Yeah. Uh, Crystal's had a tremendous amount of trauma in her life. And she would come here and she kind of reverts back to like a 14 year old. She's 33. And yeah, and she kind of reverts back and, and, uh, and we just let her do it. And we just looked after her and just treated her like wherever she was at, Yep. you know, and uh, never expected anything from her, never criticized her. We could have made things a whole lot more difficult for her, but we did everything we could for her to reunite with her son. Cause mm-hmm. I, think they have a good relationship and she needs to be in his life. Right. And so much to our own detriment, yeah, <laughs> you know, there theoretically we could have adopted him had things gone a little bit differently. We could have adopted him and never saw her again. Uh, but we chose to keep her in our life and, and, uh, and I've spent a lot of time mentoring her and encouraging her. She went and got her GED. She walked away from the gang life. Yeah. That's when the death threat started. Um, she got her GED. It all started when she was going to get her GED and she found the cheat answers. I finally convinced her to do the GED. She found the cheat. Dad, I found the cheat answers. I said, Crystal, I said, it's not just getting the GED, it's learning and all the benefit you get from learning. And, and so I went into depth about that and she says, okay. So she deleted the answers and started studying. She was doing four or five hours a day. Yeah. She did that for a number of months and she says, okay, I, I tried this, the sample test, Dad, and I, I passed the sample test. I said, Crystal, if you can only pass the sample test on a GED, you're not going to do well at the next level. I said, set the bar higher. Always set the bar at 100%, and if you ever fall short of 100%, you're still doing really good. She said, okay. So she went to work, and she studied for, I think, another couple months. And, uh, and then she says, okay, Dad, I wrote the test. I got 97% on my test exam, right? Thanks, Bella. Uh, and I says, okay, you're ready to go. And she says, no, not yet. <laughs> she went hundred percent. She got the hundred percent. And that's when she wrote her GED. Yeah. She passed the GED in flying colors. And she had so much anxiety over that because she thought she was stupid. Right. This is a girl that n- was pregnant on the street, selling drugs at 14, never went to high school. Right. Um, then she passed her GED, went and enrolled and became a phlebotomist and medical assistant. And a medical assistant, but she was maintaining a 4.0 GPA for a long time until some issues at court kind of knocked the wind out of her and yeah. her marks dropped for a couple of weeks. But she picked about, she graduated with honors. Mm-hmm. She was one of the mentors at school for the other students. Right. And now, uh, now she graduated January 22nd. And of course it's COVID. She can't get a job. So she's sitting here like got nothing to do. So she took it upon herself to start her degree program. Bachelor's degree. Bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Right. And which is incredible. Right. And, and right now she's maintaining a high, I think it's three, some three. It's in the mid to high threes is her GPA in that right now. Yeah. And, and so she's realized that she's not a dummy. And she just gains so much. She's just a different person. Completely uh, different Goes person. to church with us every Sunday. We do Bible studies all the time together, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she's really turned her life around. She's really being, um, the relationship with her son is amazing and like that. And so anyway, we agreed. We, she really, really wanted to have a family. She wanted to be a part of our family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she has been. It's just that. Yeah. And we, could we have, wanted to make it official. We wanted to make it official. And we could have done this during the DFS case and actually would have helped the DFS case in our, for right, us. Right. But there would always be that question if we did it with an ulterior motive in mind. Right. Everything's done now. She's reunited with her son. She's free. For a year. She can go yeah. wherever she wants. She's got her, her career now. She could go and do whatever she wants. Right. And, uh, and so we asked her if she still wanted us to adopt her because she wanted us to adopt her. Right. And, uh, and, and she said, yes. And so we filed all the documents, which a lot of people, when I tell them that they're like, I, Why? Did, I didn't even know you could adopt yeah. an adult. In well, Nevada, you, you can, as long as there's 10 years difference, 11, 11 years. And that's exactly the difference between she and I yeah. 11 years. And so we we're adopting crystal. We just got notification today. Her adoption date is July 20th, Ju- July 20th. Yeah. I thought ten, it was the 22nd in 10 days. Oh my God. Okay. So July 20th, yeah. uh, we adopt Crystal. Yep. And she wants to be a, a good, good lad. lad. Yes. <laughs> That's the best. And because so she's t- going to have a 
Is it Scottish last name? <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> but I, we went into the barrier. You got the document. You came and told me and you said, let's go tell Crystal. So we went outside. Elaine was here. We all three went outside and she says, oh gosh, like yeah. <laughs> thinking she's in trouble, right? <laughs> And uh, she, she said, sitting, that's scary. <laughs> she's sitting in the backyard having her coffee and uh, um, having her blackbean.com. <laughs> yeah. No, no, she's having a coffee in the backyard. We went out there and told her this and she's as crystal, very stoic, right? Hmm, okay, good. Like that. And we all went back into the house and I turned around, just felt like I needed to go back out there, went out there and she is bawling her eyes out. And right. so I went and gave her a great big hug and kissed on her. And I says, baby, it's finally going to happen. You're going to yeah. be my daughter. It's going to be legal. Yeah. And she's just crying, crying. And then you went out there and Elaine went out there and you all sat with her and hung with her. And, and I look at her life and I, I'm, after the adoption is done, I want to have her on the show yeah, and talk about all this and what it actually means to her. But of course I know, but I want her to say it in her words, but, yeah. but, um, it's an important thing for her. You know, it's a really important thing for her. I think it's, a, it's an important thing for her entire family. As as we were outside with her, Elaine said, you know, even she's like, sometimes I'm telling people about our family and and then people are like, hold on, who, what? <laughs> Your ex-husband and his wife and the foster kid's mom, like what's going on? And, <laughs> you know, it, like she said, it, it's the biggest, like our family is not your typical family, no. but it works so well because there's so much love and you could have the never thing, planned thing, for it. Nothing's contrived. Like, like the relationship that Elaine and I have, Mm-hmm. is not contrived. Right. That is... Same with she and I. No, and with you, you and know? her. There's nothing fake about it. There's nothing weird going on. You know, we've been accused of having... Oh, oh goodness. Threesomes yeah. and... And Bella's upset about that. She's got a lot to say oh, about that. Oh, because Cole is up. Oh, Cole, Cole just crashed into the studio. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all kinds of malfeasance has been accused. You know, we've been accused of all kinds of malfeasance and dishonesty. And, and it's nothing like that. And then with Crystal... It's very, very, I just wanted to wait till the right time so that there would never be anything in the back of her mind right. that she would think this wasn't real and from the heart. Because right. we do not have to do this. We benefit Zero. other than having <laughs> her in our life from what the obvious benefit yeah. of this. There's no hidden agenda here because there's, there's no other way to benefit from this other than just having a daughter in our life that, right. we, that we want in our life. You know, and uh, she and I are like really, really close. I know you and her have got a different kind of relationship, but you're very, very close. Well, uh, her I, and Elaine are very, very close. Yes, we're all we're all close, and and I think you know, with with her and I, there's two. I mean, with you and her, you guys click right away because of your background, mm -hmm. and you there's so many things you can relate to each other. Even your personalities, you're both introverts. You know, mm -hmm. you both went through so much. Uh, so you can relate to each other with my upbringing, you know, it's the opposite to way she and I were brought up is the opposite. And then on top of that, the age difference, mm -hmm. like I'm not old enough to be her mom. And, and so, you know, and I was the one raising her son, mm -hmm. you know, he's so there's still, that natural he still calls me mom, right. you know, cause he's too young to understand, but you know, he's going to be old enough soon to understand the confusion of the family. But, right. um, but with all that sad, uh, if it was anybody else, it would have been such a war and it has never been like that. And she and I, I think, you know, one thing that we can say is that we spoke our minds many times and mm -hmm. sometimes even not the most beautiful way, but we always go back to God and mm -hmm. we always go back to, you know what? We sort ourselves out. We love each other. So let's work on this. How can this be better? And that's how we got here. And I can say that I love her just as much as my other four little ones, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's it, even, and I was talking to a friend of mine that is a very brand new foster parent. She just got her first placement. And when you, when you are handed a little infant that can't do anything, can't fend for the, for themselves, right? Um, your instincts, your, you know, nurturing instincts 
kick in right away and it, it it's not met with any resistance right. because they need you for life right but if you go even as young as a as a toddler um they already are at a place where they're fighting for their, their independence. Mm -hmm. So it feels like all day is this little battle. Well, when you'd never met the child before, believe me, it's not going to be like that movie, you know, that we saw instant family. It's not going to be like this love at first sight. Uh, you, you can make a connection, mm -hmm. but it's you not have to build that trust. You, you have to build, build a relationship like anything, just like a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't meet the first date and you like you commit to being with that person the rest of your life. Have like sex, you, give away the farm first and then try to build a <laughs> trust after that. I mean, are you saying that's not a good idea. You know what I mean? Um, and so, and so with, with, as uh, the the older the child is, mm -hmm. you know, the more complex it becomes. Like you take in a, a teenager, and, and, and here's I, I want to add to that. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but this but is go the, ahead. The, <laughs> well, I want to make an observation, and what it is is, you know, so many people when we tell them this are, are friends and family. It's like, oh, you guys are amazing, and I I I, I can't take the credit, right? Because it's uh, to your point. Crystal has been the one that has had to bend the most right, to understand the relationship we have with her son, with her biological son, understand the relationship we have with her, right, to not demand or expect anything, but morph herself into and this trust, right, and yeah. trust. And, and, and so for us, it's just been, there's this awesome girl that you can't help but fall in love with because she's just so admirable and wonderful and you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I think about it and I think, no, I'm not anything special. We're not doing anything special here. I agree. Other than we fall in love with another kid that we're raising. Right. Uh, she's the one. Well, and, and that's my point because when you meet somebody it, from two to 40, whatever age that is, they're coming with their own life experience so they're not going to be quote unquote, your child from day one. And that's what I mean. Like if you take on an infant, even if it's not your biological, mm -hmm. they are going to latch onto you for life. You know, out, they, of necessity. out of necessity. They don't know anything else and they're in a survival mode. It doesn't mode. happen when you're 33. It doesn't happen. But it has. It here. doesn't happen when you're three. Right. That little three-year-old is going to fight you tooth and nail because you know what? they don't know you right. and they don't trust you, mm -hmm. you know, yet they, they need you, but up to a point. It's easier at three than 33, but that the, <laughs> the reason this works right. is because of crystal. Yes. It's not because of anything. Absolutely. That we're and trying I to do different or anything like that. All credit goes to her. Yeah. And I, when people say, you know, you, you're doing something amazing for this kids. I, that's my first, that's the same feel. I'll spend a week here. Yeah. <laughs> you realize like, how amazing the kids are. The kids and are. And how we are, you know, doing everything we can trying to keep up. Right. Absolutely. Our kids are incredible. And, you know, you, if anybody that you know that went through what they've been through mm -hmm. in their short little lives, they, they had all the right in the world to be walking around just trashing stuff and angry, pissed off, you know, and they're the opposite. Yep. All they want is to have fun mm -hmm. and be happy and love on us and love on each other and fight a little bit, but only for and I see our kids, what our they're going to watch on TV. Our kids go to the park <laughs> and all the other kids want to come be part of their club. Yeah. And God forbid, God help you if you have an issue with one of our kids because right. the other ones would be on you like a dog, right? Right. Because Katie, Katie has done it a few times, you know, because Komain is very, you know, he's in your face and, and also Komain is a dark-skinned black child. Mm -hmm. And there's some people that, you know, still raise their kids, you know, either telling them that's different or whatever. Like, I remember there was one little girl at the park and she didn't like the idea of Komain being there. Yeah. And Katie just walked up and said, listen, you need to be friends with my brother. And if you don't want to be friends with my brother, you can't play with me. Yes. 
And she's okay. I'll be friends with your brother. Okay, then tag along and yeah. and, and and that was that. Yeah. And that's how our kids are. Right. And Quamain uh, did the same thing the other day. Uh, was it with Emma or Katie? I wasn't it was there. W- but it was with Katie. Yeah. yeah. But some kid had an issue with Katie, and yeah. he just set that kid straight. Oh yeah. Listen, you don't want to. You want to play with me? You be nice to my sister. Right. You can't play with me. Right. You know. They say it's so cute because they say. This is my Emma. This is my Katie. You know, <laughs> yeah. they, they say like that. It's like, yeah. oh, never change that. It's yeah. so cute. And Emma now says, this is my mom. She's my Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard her say yeah. that. Yeah. This is my mom. She's my, my Anna. Anna. Oh She's my, my gosh. Anna. And then she looks at me. She goes, right, mom? Yes. And with Cole now, uh, they they understand and they all stick up for Cole. And if Cole falls down, he's got three siblings holding him and hugging him. And that is the funny part is that uh, not Katie because she's the oldest. She took more of the mom role, but the other two are pretty jealous of Cole still and the attention and like that. But when we get anywhere. They are like, this is our baby mm-hmm. and this is our Cole and don't mess with them. This is our baby Cole, don't mess with them. Yeah. yeah. And so the thing is, is that, you know, thank you very much for the compliments, but in fairness, we have to, these kids are just amazing. And and the cool thing is, is they have been through a lot. And so they, 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 it's sad to say this, but they recognize a good thing. Mm-hmm. They've got siblings that stick up for them. They've got a family that loves them. And they understand, and this is the heartbreaking part, they understand the value of that. And they never should at that age, but yeah. they do. Yeah. And because of that, our kids are incredible. And because of what Crystal has been through, she's an incredible daughter. Yeah. And I and so I, I but I can't I can't take and credit the, for and that. And that's the thing, um, you know, she is Quamaine's mom, but all the kids like mm-hmm. love her. You know, like she's, oh my gosh. she's family. You oh know? my gosh. Katie and her, like Katie just loves Crystal. Yes. She's in love with her, right? Yes. Because they talk girly stuff and Crystal is, you know, does her nails. And if Katie does anything wrong, Crystal sets her straight, you know, right away, right? In her own way, which is yeah. just like, wow, that's cool how she does that, you know? But Katie just loves her. The kids love her. It's, Cole loves her. Bella comes in here and sleeps with her now. She doesn't sleep with me. She comes and sleeps with Crystal, you know. That's the dog. If Chris, yeah, yeah. For Bella's those the who dog. don't know. Bella's the dog. But if Crystal's having a nap, you know, she comes. So so anyway, it's, it's, you know, giving people a chance that haven't had a chance and leading and guiding them, you know. I mean, we're, we're teaching values. We're mm-hmm. teaching ways of saying things. We're teaching conflict resolution. We're teaching how to save money, the value of money. How do you treat money? You know, you teach like just so many things, right? Uh, like with Crystal, I'm spending a lot of my time right now. And this is the thing. It just, just shattered my heart the other day. Uh, cause she texts me, she says, dad, what do you call you? You're an entrepreneur, right? Is that, I said, yeah, I guess you could say I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. Okay. And I, I know something's boiling in that pot, but she's not giving away what it is quite <laughs> yeah. yet till she's ready, right? Because uh, she doesn't say a lot, but when she says something, it's really well thought through. And then she told me she wanted to start a business. A couple of days later, she tells me she wants to start a business. It's okay. So we talked about it a little bit. And what it is, is uh, and, and with all the protesting and Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, you know, I thought she wanted to start a shirt company with some important sayings on it that would make people think right Mm -hmm. and then she wants to do a podcast to explain what the shirt meanings are and i says okay so as a businessman i'm going okay your demographic your psychographic you know let's talk about it are we talking about african-american males females what do you want and she says no no dad you don't understand it's all people she said nobody's uniting anybody in this country right now i want to do something that's going to unite people that just gave me goosebumps and i just i'm standing there just I'm going to cry. Oh my God, (laughs) seriously. And so I said, okay, honey, then what you need to do is I need you to, I've been studying black history since the possibility of raising an African-American boy was going to be important. I'm he's, he's not going to learn about just being a victim. He's going to learn about great people, you know, and, and there's so many great African-Americans throughout history that courageous people. I mean, People that we know, Mark Smith, very, very close friend of ours, Air Force Thunderbird, a White House fellow. He's a UFC referee and a Southwest pilot. You know, he's going to know about that too. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to know about 
you know, slavery and things like that. He's going to know about that. Uh, you know, age appropriate, of course, but he's going to know about that. None of that stuff has to hold him back, you know? And so anyway, I've been studying black history ever since. And I talked to her about it a lot and she doesn't know about Harriet Tubman and she doesn't know about, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Uh, Jackie Robinson, Jesse Owens, you know, people like that. Right. Uh, and so I've been teaching that and I said, okay, honey, you need to learn about black history and you need to learn about history and the role that politicians, political parties, uh, you know, it, all of that stuff shifted over throughout history and there's pivotal points in the sixties and, you know, in different, you know, and I said, okay, you need, so she spent, she says, okay. So then she absorbed all that usually with a blank stare. And then she came back and said, okay, dad, I'm giving myself a week. Next Wednesday, I'm coming up with a name for the company. And, uh, and she said, so I'm studying. So she spent the week pouring over black history, watching documentaries, reading, just doing everything she could. And then she came up and uh, we talked and she had an idea. And we, between the two of us, we refined it down. It's an amazing name until she registers it. I'm not going to say what it yeah. is, but it's like, oh my God, that's an amazing name, Crystal. And then uh, we're going to start very soon. We're going to start putting her company. I need to get all of this stuff that we have blessed and all the other stuff out of the way, get all that stuff ironed out and running smoothly. And then she and I are going to start. I'm going to help her start the company. It's going to be her company. I'm not involved. I'm just going to help her out and get her going on that. But that's what she See, wants to do. Your daughter. <laughs> she is my daughter. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, that's what she wants to do. And so very I little at, about you know, bloodlines yeah. and it's, and the day we met this girl, she just got out of jail. You would have never imagined. She's a hardcore gangbanger, you know, shows up wearing a flag on her head at, at, you know, and visitations. We go to the park and she's dressed head to toe in red, you know, yeah. with the, with the flag, the actual flag on her head. And, and I'm like armed to the nuts because I'm <laughs> waiting for a shootout somewhere or something like that in North Las Vegas. And, uh, and, and so, went from that to where she is now. And yes, we were there. Yes, we were role model. Yes, we were presence in her life. Don't underestimate the power of just being kind to somebody and accepting mm -hmm. and just take them where they're at, you know, yeah. and just build that relationship with them, set healthy boundaries, be firm, but be loving and do the things that you would do for somebody because they're the right thing to do not because they're a black person or a white person. I don't look at Crystal as a black person. Crystal's just a person. Now, she is black and she's had her history. She's got her history. She's got her experience. She's got her family. She's got her culture, all of that. But I'm not a Norwegian English man. <laughs> I'm just a man. Yeah. And that's the way we... I used to say that a lot, you know, being from Brazil and moving here 20 five years ago, um, I would come across often people that said, oh, really, you're from Brazil? Oh, because, you know, my hairdresser, she's from Brazil, and you guys should get together and talk and be friends, you know? <laughs> and I've always said, you know, it, it concerns me little if she's where she's from. Is she a good person? Right. Are we going to get along? Like, you know, and that... That was 25 years ago where we weren't having, you know, this that we have right now, but it it has always been about that for me. You know, it's just... Well, it's the same kind of a thing. You think of Brazil, and I get the same thing from Canada. Oh, oh, you're from Canada? Oh, uh, you probably know Bob. He yeah. lives in Toronto. It's like, well, you know, I was raised in Saskatchewan. That's, you know, two days drive from Toronto, mm -hmm. you know, and there's... 25 million other people in the country but um yeah i probably know bob you know from toronto you know but it's kind of the same thing in brazil and yes. and uh, uh and you know i've heard canadians say oh i know a guy from arizona oh his name's bob you know bob from arizona it's the same thing and and i think the whole black and white thing you know we get it boiled down to and there are stereotypes mm -hmm. and that's the birth of prejudice and the birth of birth of racism is stereotypes but we you know, we, we like to refer to, you know, we have a black cause, whether it's a positive or a negative thing we're trying to do, it's still equally as prejudicial. Right. Is my argument. You know, I don't look at Crystal. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't consider her. Yes, obviously she's black. Obviously I'm white. That's obvious, but that doesn't stick her in a box. Right. You know what I mean? 
because I've got a litany of things that I can tell you about Crystal. The last of them is going to be that she's black. Right. You know what I mean? Or the last is that she just dyed her hair red. Yeah. You know, because there's so many other things. Yeah. You know, she's a, a deep thinker. She's an introvert. She's very kind and giving. She's very strong, very, very tough. Don't cross this girl. But also, she will love you just as deeply. Loyal? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the things that impact my life and are meaningful, um, the color of her skin is obviously is different. And when she and I are out in public, the assumption is that we're together. Right. You know, especially if we have Komain with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you get a mixed variety of how people react to you. So that's a reality of her skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see that firsthand. Mm-hmm. When you and I go out with Quamain, mm-hmm. there's a whole other yep. thing because of his skin color. So that's a reality when dealing with the rest of the world. It's not an issue. You don't get more or less or anything different in our house because of your skin color or where you're from or what language you speak because we're all from different places, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so for me... Uh, you know, am I colorblind? No, obviously she's black. I'm not, I'm white. You know, you're, you're somewhere in between. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've got some red in me somewhere we've just discovered, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know? And so, and so the thing of it is, is it's just kind of a non-issue. It's more about who are you just as you say, than it is a whole black or white thing. So I find the black and white thing. I understand where it is, but as long as we stay black and white, we're always going to be in a box there's always going to be assumptions made about us because we are black or white. Yep. And until we're just people, Morgan Freeman said once, and he was being interviewed by somebody, and I won't quote him exactly, but the gist of what he said was, uh, he says, how do we stop racism? He says, the minute you stop calling me a black man and I stop calling you a white man. Right. That's when we start making a stride toward that. And I thought, wow, that's really prophetic. Because that is really, I mean... And I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody. Don't get mad and, you know, whatever. Well, people are going to get mad anyways. Go comment, call, whatever. I'm just not going to read them. But, um, but the thing is, is that until I judge Crystal for her character, her potential, how she treats me, what she does, her actions, and that's the stuff that matters. Right. It doesn't matter whether she's black or white to me. Right. Now, her history matters, her culture matters, all of that matters. Right. Like with you, you're Brazilian, right? So all Brazilian girls are, what, promiscuous? What's the <laughs> assumption? Because that's what I always thought. That's what right. I was always told because of carnival, right? They all like to go topless and show their tits off. They'll have sex with anybody, you know, right? That's all Brazilians, right? Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah. You see what I mean? No. Yeah, and silly. so when you get down to it, okay, well, does this woman lie to me does she cheat is she a horrible mother do you know what those are the things that matter to me i could care less about you know it's great that you speak spanish and portuguese and italian and french and all these different things but can you are you an honest person right you know can i trust you can you know are you kind to me do you love me you know are you loyal you know those are the things that really matter to me and i think until we get there with people you know, we're not going to resolve these issues. And you don't get there until you get to know somebody, right? And if you don't know them, then shut your pie hole. What, what are you saying anything about anybody about if you don't know them? <laughs> now you're getting angry. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm getting wanted. Okay, we're a minute 58 now. That half an hour got stretched out to an hour. But anyway, uh, the, the point is, blessed bodywear summarized. Blessed bodywear almost got buried. We had to make a choice. We're going to keep it alive. We had to make some changes and it's going to be better than ever now. Black Bean Coffee is smoking along. We're having fun. Model Body Magazine just published the first issue and that is blowing up and is doing great. We're having fun with that. And we're adopting Crystal and Cole is going to be the next one later on at the end of the year. And then that's it for kids. (laughs) I don't care what you say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, this is Terry Goodland. Oh, he whatever. gives me a hard time. But the other day we would go to this splash pad. He had taken Quimane and Crystal. Uh, Quimane was going to get a haircut. So I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got this phone call. It was 
six kids that got removed they had no place to go and obviously obviously <laughs> we can't fit six kids here but what they wanted is a placement for the young for the three little ones because they spoke spanish so they're looking for a, a home that speaks spanish and terry's like yeah i got that call too i was trying to figure out <laughs> and i'm like you were the one that gave me the hard time but you were the one that always always has the soft spot and i already told you about the dream i had but okay here's the difference between you and me i know that if i go to the puppy store <laughs> i'm probably going to walk out with a puppy so i just don't go to the puppy store yeah you go to the puppy store yeah that's true and with that <laughs> Thanks for listening. Sorry that was long. We had a lot to say today. We should have stressed it into two shows, I guess. Thanks for listening. Modelbody.com, M-O-D-L-B-O-D-Y.com. You can check out the magazine, blackbeancoffee, blackbean.coffee. Awesome coffee and blessedbodywear.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple days with another episode.